Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Here's drilled him with a right hand and missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucic. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. out over the course of uh, this week. Welcome, everybody. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Dayton Abbott in studio. This is Oilers Now. You know, there's the Battle of Alberta, and then there's the uh, Kier-Jim uh, Morrissey rivalry. Yeah. Morrissey. 
I say Jim? That would be Jim Morrison. And uh, last time I checked, I don't think he's having much of a rivalry with anybody these days. This is uh, Oilers Now. Welcome to our show. It's brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one uh, owned and operated place to buy office technology software. IT and supplies. We got a lot to get to. We're going to have a very busy first half hour of the show, first hour of the show. Uh, coming up in uh, two minutes' time, Vice President of Player Development for the Edmonton Oilers, Scott Housen, with a uh, recap on the week that was for Edmonton Oilers Development Camp. I know I bumped into a lot of people last night uh, down at uh, the Community Arena. Uh, saw former Oilers Sean Bell there. Uh, Dylan Stanley, who's uh, playing over in uh, Austria these days. He, Sean and uh, Dylan were teammates with the Tri-City Americans back in the mid-2000s. Uh, Sh- Dylan was a standout uh, player at the CIS level for the Alberta Golden Bears. Saw Brett Cox, who's been an educator in the uh, Edmonton and surrounding area for about the last 25 years. Saw my man, Bok Duong, who I planted trees with way back in 1990. Unfortunately, I've gained more weight than he has uh, since that time. And Mitch Dahl was there. Never a bad thing. Uh, but uh, there was a media horde. There were a lot of people that came over. It was a terrific night. We had a good time. And uh, they went half ice three on three, which is tough, tough, tough uh, for the players. The team blue, led by uh, Ryan McLeod, uh, ended up uh, winning the uh, Joey Moss Cup at last night's event. Very quick. I will tell you this uh, as uh, we coordinate Scott Housen, who's just calling in on line one right now. Um, I will tell you that uh, of note for me, Raphael Lavoie uh, and Philip Roberg were uh, impressive. It looks, and I'll get some thoughts from this on Scott Housen. It's difficult to tell because this really isn't an evaluation stage, it's just uh, more of an acclimation project. Uh, with the development camp, but you could already see a little bit of improved footwork uh, in a guy like Evan Bouchard as well. But, I mean, the Oilers had some first and second round picks there that are exciting and are going to be part of the secondary wave to help support the likes of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, you know, Oscar Clefbaum, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. All right, without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Here is uh, Oilers uh, VP of Player Development, Scott Housen. Scott, how are you? Good, Bob. How are you today? Good. Uh, thank you for taking time, uh, pulling yourself away from uh, the meetings with the other management. Uh, while I got you on the phone right now, can you tell us exactly what... Just kidding. <laughs> We're not going to put you on the spot right now. Uh, it, uh, it Suffice to say, what we can do is from... A, is it fair to say, because this was not the case when you were GM in Columbus... But given that you have the early courting period for the unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents, are there more balls in the air at this time of year now, maybe, than there were back when you were GM and you were targeting that uh, July 1st uh, opening day of free agency? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, the, the courting period or the recruiting period has opened up the discussions a lot earlier and uh they're above board now uh so um you know we we're, we're allowed to do it and uh and 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 the agents and and the general managers are all quite busy if you have some cap space and you're quite busy and there's other gms that maybe don't have cap space that they're trying to create cap space and work some deals so it's i would say it's it's 
this this week would rival certainly the trade deadline in terms of activity and phone calls. How much did the cap coming down from the proposed or the, the rumored $83 million to 81.5? My, my guess is that's got to affect about half the teams in the league, Scott. And it really, I mean, let's face it, that's, you just look at Edmonton's situation alone, and we all think the Oilers are going to sign a, you know, a good goaltender to complement Koskinen, at least one good forward, uh, you know, one $3 million forward. But hypothetically, maybe there was a window there just based on cap space at $83 million where you could have gotten a second forward in the $3 million range. Well, now that's not an option to you. And that's that's probably affected 12 to 15 teams in the league. Like, this has changed the complexion of things over the last week, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it has. I think I think, I think think teams got wind of it that it might be in the 82 range, and, and it came in a little bit lower than that. So teams have been preparing for it. But it's it's squeezed. And eventually it's going to squeeze some players, too, because it's just the reality. Teams don't have the cap space and the extra million dollars to, to go around. So if we were counting on a, you know, an $83 million cap and now it's 81.5, that's a million five per team. Not everyone was going to spend a million five, but I think, I think there's certainly a lot of uh, money that's not in the system right now that people thought would be. And, um, and you know, it's, it's ramped up the activity and trying to clear cap space. And, and uh, and it's restricted a little bit, obviously, what teams can do. So um, everybody's working hard, and hopefully we'll have some uh, some additions to announce uh, come July 1. All right. Uh, well, the one area of the organization that I get the sense is at a different place uh, than maybe before is the depth of quality uh, prospects. And I know I spoke at an engagement the other night, uh, and as you know, I've been doing this show for years. And I would say this, this year, after what... The Oilers ended up getting the haul out of the uh, 2019 draft in Vancouver. Uh, to me, the Oilers, I now believe, are a top 10 farm system in the league. I would never have said that in any of the last 10 years. But when you're looking at, you know, obviously Bouchard and Samarukov on defense and McLeod and Yamamoto at forward, and now you add Broberg and... Uh, uh, Lavoie into the mix, I mean, and, and there's a chance none of those guys are with the orders at the start of the year. It, it puts Edmonton in a little bit different perspective. You've been part of that from your perspective. I, I know you don't necessarily want to be too effusive in the praise of, you know, your own staff's work, but do you guys sense you're at a little bit different place right now, prospect depth-wise than in the past? Yeah, I think there's no doubt. And, 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 and you know, I think Right now, I'd, I'd match our prospects on defense against anybody's in the NHL. When you can roll out uh, uh, Brobert, Bouchard, um, and and Samarukov, and then you've got Jones and Lagason and Bear and Pearson. I mean, those are those are legitimate prospects. That uh, not all of them are going to hit. I don't think any, all of them are going to hit, but I think I've got a good feeling that the majority of those guys are NHL players, and some of them may be top of the lineup NHL players. And I also think we've got lots of depth and goal now. Um, with, uh, with the recent draft, uh, we've got four legitimate prospects. And, uh, and I think we, uh, you, you know, Bob, that we, we just haven't had the depth of goaltending uh, prospect base in, in a long, long time. And now I think we've got some legitimate guys that goalies take longer. We're going to be patient with them, but uh, uh, at least we have some hope there. So I think we're still... We're still it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So not great at forward right now. I think we we have some good forwards, but we don't have the quantity that we have certainly in the other position. That's interesting. I recall a uh, animated conversation. We had a 2014 draft when you guys tried to take a couple swings on some goaltenders. Uh, Scott Housen joining us. Well, let's start on defense. Philip Broberg, number one pick. How did he, uh, eighth overall pick, how did he How did he look in the development camp over the last couple days? Well, he, he looked good. His, he came as advertised with, uh, with the skating. He's, he was, uh, he looked like the best skater out there and he's, uh, and he's still he still has lots of physical maturity to go, so he's going to get bigger and stronger, and that's going to help with his skating. So, um, you know, I don't think, as we told the players, this was not a place to evaluate them. Um, it was a place for them to get to know each other, a place for them to learn about fitness and training and nutrition and, and maybe develop some skills. So, But he, he came as advertised, no doubt, uh, really light on his feet, uh, has the ability to separate from people. And I think he's going to turn out to be one of those players, and I think they're they're really valuable. That can that can beat the first four checker with his feet, and if you can do that, the ice opens up a lot for you. And I think he's going to have that ability to to beat the first four checker with his feet, and then go ahead and make plays. You discussed briefly on Monday. I mean, there's nothing further on where he may potentially play next year. Is that right at this stage? No, there's nothing further. He's got. Uh, He's got two options right now in front of him, uh, Sheleftia, which is in the Swedish Hockey League, the top Swedish Hockey League, good program. Um, and then he's got uh, his uh, CHL rights are owned by the Hamilton Bulldogs. So he's, he's leaving today. I just talked to him this morning, and, uh, and we're not putting pressure on him to decide now. It's his decision. He's got to go where he thinks, uh, he thinks he's going to develop the best. We think both opportunities are great, and he'll decide here. I would say... I'd say he decides in the next uh, three or four weeks, and then uh, and then we'll have some clarity on that. Scott Housen's the VP of Player Development for the Edmonton Oilers. Scott, did you notice any difference in terms of Bouchard with where he finished up with, uh, in terms of his mobility down in Bakersfield, and uh, you know, fast forward basically five weeks later up in Edmonton for uh, D Camp. Yeah, I think I think he's. It's a big summer for Evan. A lot of those high end picks, and Philip Robert's going to go through it this year. Um, they don't get the chance to really train uh, because they're going to World Junior camps. They're they're going to com- you know Evan went to a combine last year and then the draft and then he goes to World Junior camp and, and so they don't get a good summer of training. So this is a good year for him to dig in and and really uh, really try and improve in some areas and and he's doing that. He's doing that. He's going to be in Edmonton a little bit and uh, work with some of the other prospects and work with our fitness staff, uh, and then uh, and then he'll go back to London. I think his skating is coming. I never had a problem with his skating. Right. I think he skates as well as he has to. And at the junior level, his uh, his hockey sense and his his uh, spatial awareness are elite, so he doesn't push himself as much. I think that uh, – but when I looked at him out there this week, I saw some, 
separation when he had to. So um, those are things he's going to have to work on, and I, I can't tell you where when he's going to get there, but uh, I believe he will. Scott, would you have Dmitry Samarukov ranked in the top three order prospects right now? Oh, I think I would. He'd be close if he's not there. Yeah, he had such a good second half. And really surprised a lot of people. Surprised me even. I'm, I'm a, I've always been a big believer in him, but he just took his game to a whole dominant level the second half and in the playoffs and led Guelph to the OHL title. So um, we're really excited about Dimitri's two-way game has come. He's added some offense in the last half of the year in the playoffs. So uh, we always thought the offense was there, maybe not to the sixth extent, but uh, he was a dominant player, a dominant two-way player, and, and really I think probably the best player in the OHL at the end of the year. All right. Up front, the one guy that was noticeable yesterday, and again, it's just half ice, three on three, but you can see the hands on Raphael Lavoie. Yeah, his hands are quick. His shot is, is uh, looks like it's uh, going to be, uh, you know, certainly above average shot in the NHL. Um, but, yeah, he did some things uh, that you sort of saw uh, bits and pieces of during his draft year. I had the opportunity to see him play. I'm not involved with the draft, but I did have the opportunity to see him play a couple times because I was out seeing some of our prospects in the Quebec League, and, and he stood out, and uh, we saw that again yesterday. Uh, you know, he stood out with his hands and his ability to shoot the puck in the net. So um, still lots of work to do, obviously, but uh, really intriguing player. You need speed down the middle. Ryan McLeod has an abundance of that. Like, he can fly. It's funny. Um, his playmaking was far better than I sort of... Was led to believe going into the draft, and he dropped to 40th. Lavoie dropped to uh, 38th, um, and I thought McLeod was pretty good at uh, when I saw a couple games in Bakersfield. Like it, it seemed like Jay Woodcroft, you know, sort of trusted him in time. I mean, this is an important prospect for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, and and and, and that was sort of what we what we continued through his junior year. He became a very strong 200 foot player in junior. Uh, first in uh, in Mississauga, then the trade to Saginaw really benefited him. He got to go to a better team, uh, play with better players. Uh, so, and, and he really developed into a reliable player. And and when he got to Bakersfield, that's why he got ice time because he could be counted on. And we were a little we were a little light at center uh, during the playoffs with Cooper Marodi getting hurt. So um, he filled in. He filled in quite well. So um, another big another player with a big summer here coming up and. And he's got he's got an NHL body already in NHL skating. He's going to have to develop some other parts of the game and develop a little more offense and and uh, and a little more and compete a little harder in certain areas. But uh, certainly the skating and 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 I agree with you on the sense. He makes good plays. He can make a pass. He can find people. So uh, there's lots there to like. All right. Uh, so we've sort of talked a bit about the uh, the core sort of top end prospects. Was there anybody else that? you saw a pretty significant progress. And again, it's difficult because this really isn't an evaluation camp. But was there anybody else out there that sort of caught your eye over the course of the last four days on the ice? Yeah, I, I think the guy that, that sort of sticks out a little bit is Michael Kesselring. Um, he was, a, I believe, a sixth-round pick two years ago. Uh, played in the USHL this year, going to go to Northeastern in the fall as a freshman. A good program, Northeastern. And uh, you could see the development in the. He, I think he's grown an inch or two, so he's he's six four, six five now. He's got some skill, and you could just last year he was so gangly and the legs were weak, and this year he's still got a lot of room to add some strength and power. But uh, you could see the strength is there; it's coming. 
And he's, as I've told Michael, he's a long play for us. He's going to be a, yeah. another three, four years until we're going to see a player if we see one. And uh, he's going to a good spot to do that. But I could see some, some development. And I saw it during the year, too. He was in the USHL and got traded midseason to Fargo, ended up playing lots of minutes there, which was a good trade for him. And we were fortunate this year. We had guys get traded and they went to better spots for them individually. So uh, he was one of those guys. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.